Hello and welcome my partners in crime and welcome back to Murder Analyzed. Today is another true crime case. This is an unsolved case, this case. So before we get into it, can you please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell so you can get notifications of when the different videos come out. I'm going to try and upload videos once or twice a week. Reason being, I don't know which one, is because I do my own editing and I've got a lot more tools now and um, I've been doing a lot of work to try and enhance the videos to give the viewers like yourselves a better experience so you can really feel this crime because these crimes are really important to get out there and I really want you to feel just how bad some of these cases are and why if you know anything about any especially this disappearance and unsolved cases like we're doing lately it really would be good if you could get in touch with someone and tell them anything that you know about these cases. So anyway, it's going to be one or two cases a week and so I hope you're okay. Thank you also to my Patreon, my members, my partners in crime in my members lounge for your support. I really appreciate it and I hope you like the new videos that are coming out. Anyway, let's get into this case. So as I said, this is the Jeanette Tate's case. She disappeared on the 19th of August, 1978. Now, back in the 70s, because this is when this was, this late 70s, this case, Jeanette's name really dominated, really, the press. It was there, everywhere, in your face, because this girl just disappeared, and people wanted to know where she was. And really, I think as the years have gone on, of course the case has gone, you know, by the wayside. Her parents have now died and stuff like that. So. Uh, but these are still really important cases to get out there. And just because, you know, they're older cases doesn't mean to say they're not relevant today. Because if this person hadn't or hasn't been caught, and it isn't the suspects what the police feel it may have been, this man could be still out there. Now on the 19th of August 1978, Jeanette was delivering newspapers. She took on this little job only for that week as the paper boy, who usually done all that round, had gone on holiday and they needed someone to help doing the paper rounds. Now Jeanette was saving for a little holiday and she thought, oh, this is good. I can earn a little bit of pocket money. I'll do the paper round and put that with my savings for that. So Jeanette really wasn't meant to be on this lane at this time. Now this case is in um, from a Devon, case in the UK and I'll show you some pictures of what it's sort of like but she went missing from a lane way or what we call country lanes as we drive through them and um, it's really difficult I think you know it, it must have been terrible for her family to think that this girl was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and without doubt this case was just an opportunist killer who saw this girl riding her bike and thought, I'm going to take her. And that's exactly what he did. Let's talk about Jeanette really before we get into her details of her disappearance and abduction. So Jeanette um, Louise Tate, who was born in Taunton in Somerset on the 5th of May, 1965, same year I was born. Uh, she was only um, the only one child born to John and Sheila um, Tate. And at the time of Jeanette's birth, the family who lived in Taunton, um, the suburb, then they obviously they relocated then to Cornwall before then moving to Devon. So they've moved around a little bit. Now Jeanette's parents actually separated 
when she was young and her father remarried, so she was living with the stepmom and the father at the time. Not that her mother um, couldn't cope. I, I think her mum was unwell and that's why she ended up remaining with her father, but she did see the mum regular on you know lots of different occasions. This was a very close family and um, it was uh, it's a real shame really about this case because this girl had a lovely father and a stepmother, I think Violet, her stepmother was. She was really, really happy. She was happy. Now they lived, I think, um, at a farm and I think she had some stepsisters as well there. So they lived on this farm in, in Devon, beautiful countryside Devon, beautiful place. And, uh, you know, it was idyllic, really. She had a lovely childhood. So as I've said earlier, this week coming up, this um, Jeanette was asked by the paper boy, can you do a week's paper round for me? Because I'm going on holiday and they need someone to deliver the local papers. Now in 1978, we didn't have the internet and everything, did we? We used to actually read the newspapers and have them delivered. I can remember, even I used to have, you know, the times and the different papers delivered. Um, through the door, you know, you used to, you used to sit there in the morning and read your papers. These days we don't do that, but we used to have kids, quite young kids, in them days, delivering the papers for a couple of pounds a week, or one pound something. It used to be thirty something pence a day, I think, in 1978. So not a lot of money, but in 1978 you could do a lot with a couple of pounds. So Jeanette decided, okay, I'll do that job because I'm going on holiday, and that you know, a little bit of pocket money from delivering some newspapers, I can do that. Now most um, kids used to have a little bike and they used to have their baskets on the front and they used to put all the papers in there and they used to then go to um, post the letters through or the newspapers through the door of who had registered to have them delivered. Now as I said, where she lived was quite um, it was houses were split up because you had a lot of area, greenery area and this sort of stuff, a lot of lanes that went through and so she rode her bike on this day. So at about approximately 2.28pm, um, two schoolgirls saw Jeanette walking along the lane pushing her bicycle. Jeanette had delivered 14 newspapers at this point. So she'd been on her round, she'd done her job, she still had a few newspapers to go, but at this point, because these lanes are usually hilly, she'd got off her bike and she was walking. Now she had a brief conversation at this point with these two friends, and then she, uh, as she went up then to ascend this lane, you know, because she's walking up and then finally gets on the top of, to the top of the hill and she gets back on her bike and off she goes. And that's the last these two friends saw of her. As she's got to the top of the hill and she's gone, the two friends were reading one of the newspapers and just reading some articles in it. So they stood down sort of at the bottom of this hill, this lane, for a little while, chatting, looking through the newspaper, before they decided also to walk up this hill in the direction of where Jeanette had just gone. Now as the girls then started to walk down the hill, they noticed something, as they got closer and closer, they saw that it was Jeanette's bike just laying in the middle of the road. It's country lane road. And they thought, well that's strange. There was newspapers everywhere. There was Jeanette's purse still with some money in it. 
that she, you know, her, what she'd been saving up and she had it. So they thought, this is really strange. They thought, what's happened? Something must have happened. She must have fell off her bike and probably walked home. So what they've done is they picked up the bike and they have then took the bike to Jeanette's family. At this point, John and Violet, they were just getting home actually from a trip to Exeter where they had been shopping, just like 30 minutes down the road that day. And as they've pulled in, you've got these two girls now with Jeanette's bike and they said to them, have you seen Jeanette? Because her bike was, she left her bike in the lane with all the newspapers. And at this point, John and Violet knew something was wrong for a few reasons. One, because Jeanette just wouldn't do that. If she said she was going to deliver paper rounds and you know do these papers, she'd do it. She wouldn't just leave her bike in the middle. If she'd fallen off, she would have pushed that bike home. But that's how quick this was. About 20 minutes from last being seen by two friends, school friends, to them finding that bike. Jeanette Tate had disappeared. This 13-year-old had gone and to this day has never been seen since. So John and all the neighbours, he's got all the neighbours going, he's got everyone out looking for this kid. You know, is she injured? Has she banged her head? Is she, you know, they're thinking everything by five o'clock. By five o'clock, they really knew, hang on a minute, there's no sign of this girl. She's gone, they've rung the police and that's when then the investigation started. So within hours, you had mounted police, you had an extensive search of around 70 uniformed police officers and 50 detectives uh, in Devon, from Devon and Cornwall Police. They were um, assisting with the search all over this place. And as I said, it is countryside, very difficult to search, you know, as it's getting darker. Luckily it was August, so the light was still there to about 9.30, 10 at night, but now time's getting on. You know, time is getting on. People aren't looking because really, if you're injured and you're laying outdoors at night, it's gonna be worse for you. And I think this is what her dad really thought. Has she come off the bike, banged the head, got a concussion, got something, tried to stagger and has fallen off somewhere else. So there was lots of issues going on here, but really after that couple of days search, it sort of became, you know, in everyone's mind that she had gone. She was nowhere in that area. Now, some eyewitnesses did say that they've seen reporting a maroon color uh, Triumph or similar vehicle upon, you know, um, this, this road as it was coming round into the lane at the time of the disappearance. So there was a car found. Now, the police issued a photo fit of a picture of a man that they wanted to question in relation to this incident. The man was described as being very handsome. It's a word I need you to remember there when we come later on down the line. Very handsome individual in his early 20s with a pale complexion, short dark hair, who had been wearing a light coloured t-shirt. Now that's a description and the car of what people had seen driving about. Now they didn't say it was an exact car, but they said it was like a Triumph or similar, right? So there's, there's, there are sightings here of something. Now, in relation to that um, evidence or eyewitness testimony, a Hooten man who believed that he met Jeanette's Tate's killer, he says killer, um, 
48 hours after the 13 year old disappeared in 1978, said he spent the last 30 years agonising over the initial police investigation. Now his name is Mr Brady and he believes that it was a red herring that costs the detectives um, their big one chance, he said, of a breakthrough in this case. Now Devon and Cornwall Police have said that this Mr Brady's information has not been, assist, um, been able to assist in this long running inquiry. Now don't forget this is still going on even to this day. But this is what Mr Brady sort of says about um, what he thinks and what he's seen and who he met. So Mr Brady does not believe the convicted killer Robert Black because Robert Black is also a suspect in this case. And this is why I wanted you to remember the extremely handsome or good looking man in his 20s because you wouldn't have described Robert Black in his 20s as handsome, good looking in any way. He had terrible teeth, he smelt, he was no way would have been described as that. No way. Absolutely no way. But he still remains the prime suspect and we'll go into him in a little bit more. But when it comes to this eyewitness account of what they saw, more than one person saw this man. This handsome, good looking man. There's no way, there's no way that that was Robert Black. I'm telling you that now. No way. So I find Mr Brady's account quite interesting because he says he doesn't believe that either but he doesn't believe it for other reasons now he says that uh, it wasn't mr black in this and and really by him he's saying by the police putting that out there that's stopping anyone now carrying on looking for who really did this crime now um he says he, he feels that Jeanette was murdered um, on that day she went missing and dumped in uh, Woodbury Woods. Now this is what he's saying. Um, his theory is that the killer was a member of the armed forces, possibly a soldier who was based at Taunton uh, but undergoing training near Exeter. And he said, I've been frustrated and pulling my hair out for over 30 years. Now he's told all this to the police. So this Mr Brady now he says that he was in the Tucker Arms in Delwood two days after Jeanette had vanished. And he says this bloke dropped in or came in to the pub and he says he was up to no good. He said he was about 30 years old with dark um, dyed black hair, bushy eyebrows, blue eyes uh, with flecks in them. He remembers him wearing a white t-shirt, rolled up sleeves, black trousers and brown shoes. He says he was like a cat on the hot tin roof, meaning that he was worried and different things and that he'd also parked his car, not outside the pub, but parked it on the side. Now he said this man matched the description of the e-fit that was put out by the witnesses on the day of Jeanette's disappearance. So he said this man looked exactly like this. It was a chocolate coloured Alfa Romeo Spider car, which had been modified with a final roof, low wheels and low sump. That's quite a lot of detail, isn't it? Now you said to the police, or you've tried to tell them for the last 30 years, that you've seen a man in the pub two days after the disappearance of Jeanette Tate. You've described him because he looks exactly like the e -fit. 
you're saying the car is similar, they're very similar cars and I'll show you a um, slide of them. They're very similar cars without a doubt. And you know, if you're thinking that this man was going at speed down these lanes, it would have been a quick glance when someone had seen this car. So are we looking now for someone that is not Robert Black in this case, but he is somebody else, a soldier or someone that was really an opportunist killer driving around these lanes. Now, Mr. Brady says he feels like this man was on his way back from Taunton and he was, he said he originally came from Sussex, so he spoke to this man as well, but he said something said, you know, made me believe that he wasn't telling the truth and that he was like an, uh, an army. You know, they've got that look, haven't they? You know, the army people, the service people, you've got that feeling about them, they hold themselves well. Another thing that you wouldn't say if he was talking about Robert Black, you just wouldn't say it about him. So, listen, I know Robert Black is in the frame for this murder, I know he is, but we have to keep our options open because Robert Black, a lot of things about Robert, and one of the things about Robert Black, he used to like to keep stuff. Now, how he used to sort of remember his crimes was he'd have petrol receipts and different things. And actually, Robert Black, a few months before that, had gone through this village and he knew about it because he was, he was everywhere, Robert Black. But did he do this murder? I'm not so sure if he did. I'm not so sure if he did. I think because there is no trace of anything, there's no evidence of anything, any evidence that may help. Okay, the police may have made, because the person that took this statement from the person about the eyewitness testimony about the car said it could have been. It was like a triumph. Didn't say it was. It didn't say it was. So it could have been an alpha, couldn't it? Could have done, it could have been. It could have been red or a dark brown, dark orange brown, you know, in the light, going through the fields, which are green. It could have been, it could have been. So the, the, I think the police should keep this, it's open. Do I think that uh, Mr. Brady's claims are it's that? Well, to him they are. He's been going on and going on about this for, for many, many years. And he believes that he met the killer of Jeanette Tate in that pub on that day. And he has tried for many years to tell the police and they have not really, I suppose, I suppose took any notice. Now the police have said, listen, they have looked at what he's got to say. But unfortunately, it's brought no leads or anything else to it. So really, are we then saying that Jeanette's really is such a cold case with no evidence at all? And now you assume that Robert Black's done it. That is enough then to stop this case. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It's a really strange one, this case, because this child just disappeared. So despite a massive investigation and a massive investigation, really with any leads, even if they come in now, this would still be investigated today. So it's a cold case, but it's a case that's an open cold case. It's there, it's, it's ready. Her dad passed away now and um, it's, it's, I just think it's really sad. Now, listen, you had thousands of volunteers helping to find this kid. You have a community that come together. They, you know, they put up this reward of £25,000 in 1978, which the community put together. You know, it brought this community together because everyone wants to find out what happened to Jeanette Tate. Everybody, everybody. It's, it's just such sad cases. 
And really, do I ever think this case would be solved? Unless we have another case, maybe, or someone finds her body by accident, um, no. But if this man was driving a car and he literally, as Jeanette's coming down that hill on her bike, he has, I just pulled her over, stopped her. Now this is what Black does, isn't it? He used to pull them over, these kids, and you know, pull over and literally snatch them in seconds and they were gone. And they were usually dead within hours of him taking them and dumped, usually. And most of his bodies, or the ones we know about, have been found of the children that he murdered. But if it was someone different, if it was someone different than Black, you know, this is what they've done. They've pulled up. They could have spoke to Jeanette. She may have been worried. This girl was 13. She's in a, a, a lane, you know, trees and, and, and land, you know, grass either side of her. She wouldn't have been able to go anywhere. You know, the hill banks and stuff. He wouldn't have been able to go anywhere. It, was it that quick that he just grabs her because her bike wasn't placed down? It was thrown down. The newspapers were thrown out. You know, there was like everywhere, scattered. And she just disappeared. So did he drag her then into the car and drive off? He had 20 minutes really, 15, 20 minutes to do that. And in a car in these lanes, 15, 20 minutes, he can be quite a long way away. You know, I, I don't know, and, and I suppose when you're looking around, or even if you believe what Mr. Brady said about her being buried in woods and stuff, uh, the problem is with this area, there's a lot of open countryside. There's a lot of places that this man could have got rid of Jeanette's body. And it will probably only be an accident that she's found. Did Robert Black do it? I don't know. Am I 100% sure he did it? No, I'm not. Because I've just never known Robert Black to be described as handsome and good looking. Just haven't. But I'd like to see what you think about this case of poor Jeanette. This 13 year old who's still missing, body never been found. Do you think Black did it? Do you think it's possible he did? Now I've done Black's case in full and we've mentioned Jeanette Tate in that case. And it's on here if you want to have a look at it. But I'm just not sure, I'm not sure. You know, he's up as the main suspect and he was just about to be arrested and charged with her murder when Black died. So he's now gone. But he has always said he didn't do the murder, not that you can believe a word that Robert Black says. He just couldn't. But there was no evidence, really, that Black did it. Only circumstantial, which is never enough. It's never enough. But if Black did it, then that's fine. But if Black didn't do it, then a murderer, a child killer, is still out there and could have easily have done it to more kids. Probably did. Now, was he a soldier? Could he have been a soldier? Of course he could have. Of course he could have. Of course he could. The thing is, and all with black, when you talk about black, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated with why police thought it was him. 
because I didn't think he drove that sort of a car. He usually worked in a van. He used to chuck them in the back of the van, have them, you know, really, you know, put the pillowcase over them, didn't he? Tie them up. They was nearly dead by the time he got to attack them. But what would you do with a kid in a car like that? Chuck her in the boot, maybe. Probably if it was black. Probably you're not going to have her, are you? Uh, in the back seat. She's probably chucked in the boot. But I think with Jeanette, if a body is ever found, we need DNA. Now of all her family sort of passed, but in 2002, a jumper that her mother had that belonged to Jeanette, they found Jeanette's DNA on it. And so they have kept that DNA so that whenever any remains are found, that they can use that DNA to match it to Jeanette's. It also comes up in the database put in the database that if they do find a Jane Doe or any remains anywhere in the UK, because this kid could be anywhere, that that will flag up as well. So as I said, you know, there's not really a lot on this case and what there is can be said as controversial or maybe not straight out because there is no real evidence, it's only circumstantial. It's eyewitness testimony, uh, of certain cars or certain things, but that's it. But really, she was gone without trace, wasn't she? That was it. That was it. And has never been seen to this day. So listen, we have, you know, Mr. Tate, John Tate, her father, who's, who for years kept this blown up photograph of Jeanette, you know, over the fireplace, and it was of him and her sitting, um, and I've got that photo, and they were waiting for the carnival that year she'd come through. And that was a few months before her disappearance. And that was really the last photo ever taken of her. You know, it's a terrible thing, isn't it? When you think this, you know, father who fought for all these years to find out what happened to his child passed away without knowing. So I hope you found this case interesting. And as I said, if you know anything about this case, Please call Crime Stoppers, let somebody know. You know, you can write letters, you can do it anonymously. There are things that you can do if you have any information on this case at all. Because this child is still missing to this day. This case needs to be solved. It really does. It's a terrible thing, you know, for this man to have died not knowing what happened to his child. It's a terrible thing. This community, still this hangs over them. They're all eager, even to this day, to find out and to find Jeanette and put her to rest. That's all people want to do, is put her to rest. So listen, we don't know, do we, if Robert Black done it. We don't. We don't. If Robert Black didn't do it, then somebody else did. And you could be the clue to who did. Remember, I always say, you may think it's a little bit of insignificant information that you have, but it may be the key part, the little part of the jigsaw puzzle that needs to be fitted in. So please, if you have any information, please make it known. So thank you for watching. You know what to do. You can subscribe, can't you? You can hit that 
you know, um, like button, you can hit that bell button. You can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, where I put up lots of different stuff on Facebook. Actually, it's much easier for me to tell you the truth. But we put them all up there. This case will be on Let's Have a Chat About Murder on Spotify. So listen, thank you for watching. And until the next time, bye-bye.